Um, Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity this morning. And as we look at the next step in the Lord's Prayer, I pray that you will speak to our hearts and may the words that I say be the words from you. Amen. So we are following a series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, If you've missed any of the first three, then I would thoroughly recommend going to Chelmsford Vineyard Spotify, catching up on um, Lydia opening up the series on Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name. Joe then looked at the next bit, what it means to pray for your kingdom to come. And then Pip did give us this day our daily bread. Now, I have got a little challenge. I mean, some of you will have worked out already what's coming next, but I thought it's much more fun uh, to turn it into a little quiz. Anybody who's heard any of my talks before know that I do love a quiz. So let's see if we can work it out. Hopefully there's a little sound clip. Um, Kids, have a little look around the room and see any adults when the light suddenly dawns, as when they recognise the song this comes from, Um, Many of you will know all too well it's not a worship song. Uh, And then, kids, I'm going to ask you to pounce on a grown-up and see if they can make the connection. (laughs) Oh, we've even got singing along. And all together. (laughs) I I can see there's a lot of grown-ups who are after the chocolates. Right, Rosie and Sam, have your um, have your grown-ups made the connection? Go for it. So can you, can anybody tell me what the next line, are are you good at catching? You might want to duck if you're in the row in front because I can't guarantee how good I am at throwing. Oh, yes. Oh, that was terrible. Right, let's try again, Sam. I think your dad should get one as well. He was doing some amazing singing along there. Sorry, that nearly landed in Fran's face. (coughs) Right, okay. Um, So, yes, repentance. You'll get one in a minute. You can help me with the next bit, all right? So the line in the Lord's Prayer, anybody? Forgive us our sins, yes. So... It's interesting that this is the penultimate bit of the Lord's Prayer. It is about forgiveness. Um, We've been following the bit in Matthew's Gospel, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you to those of you who responded to my plea for help. You will see some little video clips later, hopefully. If they're not there, then you're going to have to help me fill in the blank space for coming and doing a little bit of acting up here. I was quite amused over previous weeks. Both Lydia um, and Joe were talking about their reflections on the Lord's Prayer. Like me, um, they came from an Anglican background, and the Lord's Prayer just kind of becomes part of your 
daily bread and butter, really. And it never really occurred to me to use it as part of my prayer life. But hopefully, now that all this is all tied together, you will find it much more relevant and helpful. Um, Right. Now, in kids, we have had... I'm, I'm seeing some puzzled expressions. But we've been learning a slightly different version. It's easier to understand... Pip um, put this together from the message version, and each week in kids, we have been building on it and trying to learn it. Um, would anyone in kids like to help read this out? I mean, you don't have to come up to the front. Just let's read this all together. And adults, it is going to be a little bit different to what you're used to. Our Father in heaven, you are God. Set the world right. Do what's best. As above, so below. Give us this day our daily bread. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Um, so, as I said before, I do find it interesting that three out of the four of us who have talked on this so far have come from an Anglican tradition. So that, that means that there is something called a liturgy, which are the same words that come over and over again. And we have our own liturgy here at Chelmsford Vineyard. It's just that it's not written down and we don't all read it from a book. But it does mean that the Lord's Prayer was deeply ingrained in me. And I had my version of it that I learnt. Um, and I also went to a Church of England primary school, so it was deeply embedded in me. And it meint that sometimes my kind of pride... So Joe jo and Lydia were, had various stories about how they kind of, as teenagers, there's a certain amount of kudos in showing what you know and how you know it. Well, for me... Um, I had my version, and I was not prepared to deviate from it. So I would stick fearless to my version, even when perhaps the situation required a slightly more old-fashioned version of the Lord's Prayer, but I didn't care. Um, so, kids, how many of you know your five times table? I won't embarrass the adults by asking them. Okay, good, good, brilliant. Right, I think that might need a few more chocolates. Oh, suddenly, suddenly there's a few more children who know their five times table. Oh, that's amazing. He's a... Oh, sorry, Matt. I'm not, not doing so. Can you, can you go and give those out to anybody who says they know their five times table? Look, let's do this. I'll put you some in your cup. Go and find people who know their five times table. <laughs> oh, that, that, there's, there's lots of hands going up. <laughs> um. So I'm a primary school teacher and I do sometimes get a little bit frustrated because kids in school, we, we learn our tables and you get to year five or six, that's the top end of primary school, and yeah, they know all their times tables, but you then give a maths problem and all of that times table. I thought you were about to tell me you didn't know your fives and you're sitting there munching on a chocolate. <laughs> Well, I do think it's a little bit like that. 
Jesus taught this prayer for his disciples to use as a way of nurturing and deepening their relationship with God. Okay, so hopefully over this series, that will happen, and we won't just be like the five times tables reciters, but this will be able to deepen our relationship with God. Let's have a look at the next verse. Um, This is not the kids' version now. This is as um, in the ESV in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Okay, I want to just share with you a couple of stories that I came across as I was writing this. Both of these are from America. In 1993, teenager Oshir Israel murdered another teenager at a party. They got into a fight. After 12 years, Mary Johnson, who was the mother of the murdered teenager, went to visit O'Shea Israel in prison. Her head had been full of questions for all of that time. And she describes talking to him and a movement going through her body from her feet physically all the way up through her body. And when it finally left her, she realized that she had totally forgiven Oshir Israel for the murder of her son. In fact, now they live in the same apartment block and Israel has said, I admire you for being brave enough to forgive me. It motivates me to stay on the right path. So forgiveness is powerful. Another story I came across is of a young police officer called Stephen MacDonald. In 1986, he was shot by a teenager when he was working in New York's Central Park and he was left paralysed. But he completely forgave the youngster who shot him and said, the only thing worse than receiving a bullet in my spine would have been to nurture revenge in my heart. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? It's also interesting in here, in Matthew chapter 6, that this is the only part of the Lord's Prayer where there's an extra bit of explanation. So if we look at verses 14 and 15, it says, For you forgive others their sins. Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, neither will your father forgive you your sins. I've put sins in brackets because the word in my translation was trespasses, which I decided was a bit of a mouthful for this morning. So we're going with sins. Now I'm going to come on to that later, but it's just interesting, isn't it? This is the only bit that Jesus added extra to. He kind of got it, I think, that this was going to be the bit that we found hard It's not just about saying sorry, though. It's about relationship restoration. Now, little ones, and anybody who has ever had any encounter with small people, as soon as you start learning to speak, and as soon as you learn the word sorry and what it means, is it easy to say? Yeah. Ah, okay. Easy to say? Some of you are saying yes. Is it easy to mean? Oh, that's a, that's a bit different. That's a bit different. Okay. And does that always happen? 
No, okay. So, ever since the fall, which is the story in Genesis when everything went wrong in the Garden of Eden, evil first comes into the world and humans decided we were going to go our own way. We decided that we could define what was right and wrong. Rather than listening to God say what was right and wrong, we could decide what was right and wrong. And that meant that forgiveness was ever after going to be required. We chose to move away from God. So it's more than doing something wrong. It fractured our relationship with God. God is saying, you belong with me. And that's what this forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer is all about and why it needs to be a part of our daily prayer. Okay, I've got another question for you then. And um, you might need to ask someone older or wiser, which could potentially mean younger, what do you think is the opposite of forgiveness? Open to suggestions. Anybody like to give me no. Non-forgiveness. Oh, that's cheating. You can't just stick a prefix on the beginning. Okay. So I'm going to. I'm. Yeah. So you, you just you hold on to it. You don't want to talk to them. Jen. Resent them. Oh, I like that. Who else wants a chocolate? Sorry, Madison? Revenge. Oh, gosh, yes. Shekinah? Yes, that's a good one. Holding a grudge. Mm. Is that what you were going to say? Okay. So... All of those things actually come into what I thought, which was bitterness. Shekinah, I think you're, you're, you were closest to, to but all of you, absolutely. All of those things that you talked about, we end up with bitterness. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. There is some good in the worst of us. Come on then and some evil in the best of us. When we discover this, we are less prone to hate our enemies. Anybody know whose quote that is? It's not from the Bible. Not Taylor Swift either. What do you reckon? No, not Gandhi, but you, you're at least, you're thinking in the... Uh, no, but you're kind of getting closer I think do you think do you think some of these grown-ups deserve some chocolates as well yes well done right can you give out some more chocolates to the grown-ups who sussed that out for me then there should be one left for you then Theo all right it's a good job I got Nick to buy two isn't it and um, he was a U.S. human rights activist, preacher. He was totally in love with Jesus and you could see that in everything he said everything he did and if you don't know much about him, just go and Google him. He was amazing. But in actual fact, this quote sums up Romans chapter 3, verse 23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then in 24, it goes on to say, 
we are justified by God's grace as a gift through the redemption of Jesus. So we don't need to keep asking God's forgiveness. So that kind of feels a bit complicated. Why is Jesus asking us to do this? Okay. Now, I don't know whether any of you noticed when we read that bit of the Lord's Prayer, it says, forgive us our sins. So that's the first phrase. But the first concept is actually that we have already forgiven other people. So forgive us our sins as we have forgiven others. So it's kind of flipped around, isn't it? Sin takes us away from God. It breaks our relationship with him. When Jesus taught his disciples to ask for forgiveness, it was to remind them that they needed to change, restore their relationship with God, bring peace. There is a lot about love in the Bible. Um, A verse that will be familiar to many of you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then Jesus, in responding to what the most important commandment is, says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If we love God, we have accepted what Christ did for us. And we've received his forgiveness So it should follow from our thankful hearts, we should then pour out that love and forgiveness to others. Easy, yeah? Okay, right. First little clip, hopefully. So I've asked various people to help me out. And Yeah, this. So, Betty gave a bit of a, a visual there. I shall, I shall tell you what Betty said, and hopefully we'll get the sound sorted for the next clip, which you might not even need the sound for, to be honest. I think the next one's quite visual. Um, Betty is talking about sibling rivalry. She said that for her was the hardest thing to forgive sometimes because sometimes we're not very sorry with our brothers and sisters, are we? And everything just explodes. Your parents might come in and go, you need to calm down. And that just adds fuel to the fire and it all goes horribly wrong and you just really resent them. So can anybody identify with that? Even if you haven't got siblings, cousins, family members, yes, okay. Madison, it looks like you're the only one being honest here, but I can see a lot of nods. Okay. Yeah, it's just really, really quiet. Can I hear something? Yeah. Me, so getting kind of close, but they're like not actually gonna have a meeting whatsoever. But it gets a little bit frustrating. 
So, yeah, I think that happens, you know, whenever they're there. So, I think that needs forgiveness just all the time because it's just a lot of fun. It's just what I've been doing. So, yeah, that's probably a scenario where there is forgiveness. <laughs> Okay, let's look at the next one. This might have been a reality over half term for quite a few of you. <laughs> Bethany, can you say sorry to Henry? That wasn't very kind. I would just like to say I did ask for these scenarios to be reenacted. And I know, you know, that, so I haven't made parents video real things. Bethany, thank you very much for doing that for me. And... Poor Henry. It's harder to forgive when the person is not sorry, isn't it? Bethany, did you get a chocolate? Can you give one to Henry as well? Betty's not here, so we can't give her one for... Yeah, very good acting. Okay, and the next one. Probably a good job the video stopped there, eh? Now, if that had been my house, I think the whole... Well, maybe... I don't know, in reality. Maybe the whole thing got flung across the floor. Cheating in family games. Oh. Anybody identify with that? Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully you're not the cheat, Alex. <laughs> or maybe in a past life. <laughs> okay. Now, this next one is completely... Different. There is no sound with this one. I just want you to watch. Okay, so you may or may not have picked up that that is a BBC News clip. Um, from the day last week when an Israeli woman was released by the Palestinians who she and a group of about 240 others had been taken hostage by Hamas on the 7th of October. And as she is released, she turns and shakes hands with one of her captors and actually says shalom, which means peace. Her husband was actually still, and I think still is, being held captive. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? We are not called to forgive, only those who ask for forgiveness. We are called to love without limit and therefore forgive without limit. It's not about just being able to tolerate it, put up with it, but be totally at peace, move on, relationship restored. And that's tough. 
In Matthew 18, Peter asks Jesus how many times he should be expected to forgive. He obviously realised that the Jewish situation where three was considered enough to show that you had a forgiving spirit was not going to be enough, so he suggested seven. He obviously thought that was amazing. Can you imagine if you only had to forgive your brothers and sisters three times? Punched you three times, you forgave them, and then after that, it was a free-for-all. I'm not suggesting that's what happened in Judaism, but... Um, but Jesus went even higher than that and he said 70 times 7 kids does anybody know what 70 times 7 is you know what 7 times 7 is yeah 490 so do you oh is that what you were about to say yes well done we're almost going to have to open the other chocolates then you can go and pass one to Esther um, and Shekinah had a hand up too. I trust that she got the right answer. Yes, yes, you can do. Oh, dear. They do drive a hard bargain. Uh, feel free. So, for uh, 490, just sorry to break it to you, Caleb, Esther and Shekinah, 490 is not the limit of how many times you have to forgive your siblings. Jesus basically meant forever. So why do we need to ask God's forgiveness as part of our daily prayer? Because we know, Ephesians tells us, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. We've already got that. Why do we need to keep asking? Why is Jesus telling us? Well, the key reason is that forgiveness breaks and scars our relationship with God. Oh, you are very honest there, Maddie. I'm very impressed. It's not just filled with empty wrappers. Um, this quote... Oh, we've got some distraction on the AV table backs. There's a, there's a quote that I found from a, a book that's been written by journalists who, uh, who'd gathered up stories of forgiveness over many years. Forgiveness means making peace with things or people that you cannot change. It's therefore about recognizing the psychological pain, relinquishing the burden of hatred or revenge and the desire for revenge. Bitterness scars relationships. It scars our relationship with God. And therefore, we don't need daily justification. We already have that. But we do need daily restoration. Martin Luther King said, Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And that is a reflection of what is written right at the beginning of John's Gospel. In him, Jesus, was life. The life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, so what is Jesus asking of us then when we have this part of the Lord's Prayer? Well, I mean, for me, and for all of us, really, it's in the Lord's Prayer, so the first thing you do is you pray it, because that's what Jesus told us to do, and then you can figure out the other bit later. But it means if we don't forgive, our heart is filled with bitterness, and we, Jesus calls us to love. 
And forgiveness restores relationships. It restores our relationship with God and it restores our relationship with each other. Um, I'm just going to pray and then if you would like prayer, it doesn't have to be for anything that I've touched on this morning. Um, I've already asked a couple um, from our ministry team to be primed and ready. Um, in kids, we do a lot of all of the stuff that goes on in adult church, but in a way that you will, that they will understand. So if you get prayed for by a kid this morning, you are going to get an amazing dose of the Holy Spirit because, yeah, we are very blessed in this church to have some awesome kids. Okay, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to thank you that you have given us so much that we have to be thankful for. But this is a tough one. And there is a lot around us in the world today that makes this hard. We just ask that we will fix our eyes on you. Help us to daily come back to restoring our relationship with you. Asking for forgiveness as a way of being grateful and thankful. Coming back to you. Help us to have courage to restore relationships that are tricky.